Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now here is Pastor Brian Loeb. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good. If this is your first time here, my name is Brian Logan. I'm the worship pastor. I'm normally back there playing guitar and singing, but uh, Ken has offered to allow me to speak to you this morning, and I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, and we're glad Ken is back as well from his sabbatical. We've had a serious deficit of sailing analogies over the summer. <laughs> And uh, grateful to Sean Smith as well for leading worship um, and allowing me the opportunity to speak. So take out your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. And while we're turning there, I want to give you just a little bit of background about this. Now see, it's about 35 years after Christ's ascension. Jesus was born and then walked the earth and taught for about three and a half years and then was crucified, buried rose again, hung out with the disciples for a period of time, and then ascended. And then the apostles went out, and they were sharing the gospel message. And this went on for about 30, 35 years or so. And then we get to this point right here, where the church starts experiencing persecution. Now, the, the, there was this great fire that ran through uh, the city of Rome, and the emperor Nero wanted a scapegoat, somebody to blame it on. So he started blaming Christians for trying to organize an insurrection. Christianity at that time was considered just kind of an unsanctioned offshoot of Judaism, and therefore it was a easy pickings. And Paul finds himself now locked in prison and possibly even uh, about to suffer the death penalty. So he writes to Timothy, this is what's called a last testamental discourse, basically um, I'm Paul and I'm like, Timothy, I want to tell you these few things. And if I just tell you just a few things, this is what I want you to remember. Oh, and, and remember this too. And, uh, and keep this in mind. So that's kind of what this letter is. Paul's just brain dumping to Timothy everything he can because he feels like he is about to die. So we turn to second Timothy chapter one. We're going to pick it up with verse one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel. By the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that there, he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me 
Keep is a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And this morning, we're going to zero in right there in the middle of that discourse. Verse 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and of self-discipline. Today we're going to focus on the power section. Kind of got got a handle on love, kind of got a handle on some self-discipline stuff, but I think the power portion begins to elude us a little bit. And and here's the thing. Throughout this whole letter, you're you're feeling this push-pull, even in just that section we just read of Timothy, God has gifted you with power, and he's given you this mission, and don't be timid and push forward, but I'm in jail, and I'm being persecuted, and I'm about to die, but you go forward, and you keep on going, oh, but I'm in jail, and I'm about to die, but you keep pushing, and through the whole letter, it's this push-pull back and forth, and if there's anything that begins to put out the power of the spirit of the gift of God in our life, it is the trials and persecutions that we endure throughout our life. That's why it requires constant fanning into flame, that gift of God. God puts it in us as a deposit, but we have to fan it because those trials and those persecutions are going to push against us every day. And you might be thinking, yeah, but you know, there's no Roman emperor who's blaming us for burning down a city. We've got our own persecution. We've got our own trials even today as Christians. You know, there's this whole pluralism kind of mindset these days. I'm okay, you're okay, what you believe is fine, and what you believe is fine, and, and uh, my lifestyle, everybody's lifestyle is okay, and everything's great, except for you Christians, you're judgmental. But besides you guys, everything is great. Um, media, the decay of, of like morals in our culture, and just the pervasive nature of um, the elevation of, of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know? Except for you Christians, you guys are prudes you know, and unrealistic, but you know, we want to live in that, live that way. And that's kind of the, the push-pull that we experience as Christ followers today, and it begins to chip away and push down the flame that is inside of us. And without constant fla- fanning, that flame begins to go out. And we're even experiencing this in churches today. Churches across the United States are in decline because people are not fanning that flame. Listen to these statistics. Barna Group surveys churches in ministries across the United States, and have presented us with some really sobering numbers. Other than passages read while attending church, good job, guys. <laughs> Bible reading during the course of a typical week has declined by five percentage points. Currently, an estimated 40% of adults read the Bible during a typical week. Church volunteerism has dropped by eight percentage points since 1991, the year that this church was founded, 1991. Over the past 20 years, nationwide, slightly less than one out of every five adults, 19% of people, volunteer some of their time to a ministry. Adult Sunday school attendance has also diminished by eight percentage points over the past two decades. On a given Sunday, about 15% of adults can be expected to be in some sort of Sunday school. Now, here we don't even do Sunday school. We do it Sunday evenings called Northgate U. I highly, highly suggest you guys get involved with that. The Barna Group defines unchurched. You know, our mission statement is to reach unchurched people, help them become wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. The Barna Group defines unchurched as adults who have not attended any religious events at a church during the past six months. In 1991, 24% 
of adults attending church, that figure has ballooned to 37% today. And how many people do we even know where it's not just six months they haven't attended church, it's maybe a year, two years, six years, or more. And those who believe that they have a personal responsibility to share their faith with others, 25%. That's people who consider themselves Christians and have a res- feel like they have a responsibility to share their faith. That's like saying, you guys right here, maybe the first four-ish rows, like to share your faith and believe it's a personal responsibility, and all the rest of you guys don't. That's what those numbers represent. I mean, it's just kind of like we're fighting an uphill battle. We have these trials that push against our faith. And these numbers don't necessarily represent uh, that the church is out of touch or our programs aren't sufficient or our style is uncool or we're irrelevant. What it represents is that we, are, we have a, a, a body of believers, nationwide Christians who have stopped living by the power of God and have been satisfied just to exist, to name ourselves as Christians, to accept the gift of, of eternal life as we understand it, and then just exist and not live by the power of God. You see, relevance has so much more to do than doing a cool presentation on Sunday morning or having a cool haircut. <laughs> Cultural relevance, this is it. When people out there see what we have in here and they want it, That's cultural relevance. We're never going to impress anybody with what we do in here if the people out there don't see what we have and want it. That's culturally relevant. Not matching ourselves to the culture, but presenting the culture with something that we have. That power of living by the Spirit of God. See, when you fan it into flame, the Lord gives you a vision. He gives you a passion. He gives you something He just lays on your heart that you have to do. And then when you fan it into flame and you watch it grow and you see the Lord begin to bless it and then it begins to take on a life of its own and becomes so much bigger than ourselves and then we start to see kingdom impact for the Lord. There's a few people on my team, worship arts, who never really get shout outs so I'm gonna take advantage of this time to, to highlight them but there are people who the Lord put a vision on their heart and they fan it into flame taking steps of faith and we're now seeing the fruit of this ministry that's just incredible beyond anything that we've expected. Uh, Ron Fink and Marianne Fink, who sit in the back every week. Um, much love, guys. That's right. When I started here about six years ago, um, Ron was playing guitar on the team. Marianne was singing on the team. And uh, I noticed Ron was musical, but also loved to do home theater and tinker with stuff. And said, hey, how would you feel about being the tech director of our church? And he said, I don't really know a whole lot about that. I said, but let's just move forward in it. The Lord put that vision on his heart. And he began to fan it into flame. And he began to watch that, that power and that passion grow and the, and the ministry grow around him to the point now where... Um, you know, he, he had this idea even to podcast our messages and took the lead on that. And now our podcasts reach um, nationwide. We, we have, this is interesting, two of our biggest markets, San Antonio, Texas, and Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> with our podcast. And that's the example of a ministry where somebody took the vision of the Lord and they began to live with power and move forward in power and are now beginning to see the fruit of the ministry beyond even the borders of these walls. Marianne Fink, his wife, um, God bless her, she takes the mess that is in my brain and organizes our ministry and uh, keeps the calendar up to date and everybody informed and uh, takes care of a million little details on Sunday morning so that I'm free just to listen to the word of the Lord and, and lead the church in worship. 
That's taking the power of God into effect and, and leading a ministry. Art Stein um, runs our webcast ministry. Uh, you can log on to northgateweb.com and watch the service from the weekend anytime throughout the week. This all started because in a, in a frantic panic, we were doing a preview service up here uh, uh, several years ago, and I handed Art a video camera and said, would you please just videotape everything that's going on? And he says, like what? I said, I don't know, just do it. I mean, I got a million things to do. He got on a scissor lift and just started videotaping the service. And after the service, he said, I think this is what the Lord has called me to do. And had no idea even really what a video ministry even looked like. And for the last four or five years, we've been working together on it, um, building a video ministry that, that can webcast our services around the world. And I'm hearing stories now of even people in Washington, D.C. who faithfully log on every week and watch the worship services here because one person caught that vision. Yeah. The Lord puts it on your heart and you fan it into flame. So what happened to the rest of us? All of us had that moment of experiencing the power of the Lord. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we probably came to church or a revival meeting or a conference or a concert or something where we heard the word of God preached and we were in that spot in our life where we're like, this is exactly what I need. I'm just, everything's falling apart around me and I just, I need that thing. Or, you know, I, didn't, I used to go to church and now I have kids and I want them to grow up with morals. So I'm going to start bringing in the church. And then you, you experience the power of God for the first time. And you say, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Thank you, Lord. And, you, and then you start coming to church every, every weekend and you say, I'm an everyday Christian. You know, I live for the gospel, uh, but ooh, you know, life is still hard. And, and, not, and I still have my problems, and not only do I, do I still have my problems, but now I've got a bunch of rules as a Christian, where before I just had problems, now I have problems and rules. And then, you, and then you start to just, you're coming to church, and you're attending church, and, and you're sitting there in the service, and you go, God, don't you hear me? I'm praying to you and I just don't experience you and I'm not feeling you like I did that one time. And, and then we just stop feeling the Lord and then we just become a pew potato where we come to church and we sit there and we don't expect the word of the Lord to speak and we don't expect the spirit of God to move, but we just come out of devotion and faithfulness and that can only last for so long before we just stop participating with the body altogether. So what happened? There comes a point in our life as a Christian where we have to move from being a receiver of the Spirit to a revealer of the Spirit. We have to move from being a receiver of the Spirit to a revealer of the Spirit. God will pour out His Spirit on you. We have to grow to that place of revealing it. On your outline, there's a graphic with a bunch of arrows. Take a look at that. This is how it works. I want you guys to like sear this image into your brain. Up at the top, it says God's power. God's power flows through the Holy Spirit, HS. That's not high school. That's Holy Spirit. God's power, the Holy Spirit, through us to God's glory. God's power through us for God's glory. And at the center is Jesus Christ. God's power through us for God's glory. And at the center is Jesus Christ. This is how experiencing the power of God works in our life. And when we start to mess this up, we stop experiencing the power of God. When we absorb 
the Spirit, but we don't reveal the Spirit, breaks that flow and stops pointing to Christ. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Living this way, it's good for me. It's good for me. It's good for me and my family, and we experience the power of God daily in my marriage and in our life. Listen to the way the Amplified Version says 1 Timothy 1-7. through God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, or craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind with self-discipline and self-control. That's the spirit that God put in us. And when we experience that, we experience a, a calm and, and, and balanced mind. How many of us are have trouble sleeping at night or we just stress about things. Where's that calm and well-balanced mind? That, that power that God put in us to be able to say, I just trust in you, Lord. You are my confidence. You are my strength. You are my hope. Do, can I say that I have a power of love and calm and well-balanced and disciplined mind? Or do I have a spirit of I'm frantic and stressed and I stay up all night and it takes me several lunesta to fall asleep? That's the power I'm talking about. The power of God through your life. Make better decisions. Builds up our relationships. Begins to form our life around the principles of the Lord. We don't impede the work of God. We let the work of God flow through us and we experience that power. What if I'm not strong enough? It says in 2 Timothy 2, chapter 11 through 13. 2 Timothy 2, verse 11 through 13. Here is a trustworthy saying. Now, anytime something starts with here is a trustworthy saying, you should underline it because it's probably a trustworthy saying. (laughs) Take note of this. If we died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. This was probably a creed or a psalm or a prayer of the early church that everybody knew. And again, Paul in his, his testament to, to Timothy wanted to remind him of the important stuff, and this was one of them. Listen to that language in there. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful. So, like, if this is God over here, and I disown him, I don't want anything to do with this anymore, I'm done, I'm out. Okay. But if we're faithless, we're still facing him, we're still pursuing him, saying, God, I just, I just, I just don't have the faith right now, but I'm, I'm just faithless, I'm backing away, but I'm not turning my back. He remains faithful. Because he cannot disown himself. Because he puts his spirit in us as a deposit. And it's that spirit of God that lives through us in power. He remains faithful to us. Fanning into flame is good for our church. Because when we, when we work together in power, my gifts and my, my skills are used for you guys, and you guys are using them for others. When I am walking with the Lord and living in the power of God, you guys get to live with the power of God. And you, and you, and it just spreads out. It's good for the church. 
You see, powerful church is a powerful influence in our city. Fanning into flame is good for our city as well. A powerful church is a powerful influence for our city. When a, when a body of believers bind together and we say, we're going to do this thing, and we're going to live according to the, the principles of the Lord, and we're going to move forward in God, we begin to see that influence move outside of the walls of our church. We, we begin to see that influence grow greater than, than the finite amount we can even bring, and we see it just explode when we live in the power of God. So how do we fan the flame? This is the how part. I want you guys to really catch this. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call the Lord out of a pure heart. Notice it doesn't say pursue power. We're talking about living by the power of the Spirit, the Spirit He gave us, not of timidity, but of power, but it doesn't say pursue power. It says pursue righteousness, faith, and love, and peace out of a pure heart. You see, that's the goal. When we, when we focus on the Lord, and we aim to please the Lord, and He works through us, in power, then we begin to see that. But I can't just add the power of God to my already messed up life. You don't add power to your life. You don't add. You can't, you can't accumulate with everything else. You see, that's where living for the Lord and giving God the glory is the, is the point. And then through that, we see the work of the Lord. I can't add power to my greed I can't add the power of God to my selfishness. I can't add the power of God to my lust or my anger issues. I can't. It's not how it works. You have to repent, facing away from the Lord, pursuing sinfulness, and then repenting and facing towards the Lord and moving toward the Lord. That's where we begin to see it come alive in our life. Northgate, we offer a lot of opportunities to fan the flame. Worship on Sunday mornings, Northgate U, um, our community groups, these are all places where we can come together and fan this flame to really see God begin to move in our life, begin to see God change our life in, in a way that is contagious, where people outside of us can see something going on in your life and then go, what is it about you? What is it about you that's different? When I'm in the workplace and I'm having a rough week and I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm wrestling with things and, you know, you get the phone calls and somebody comes up to your cubicle and, and it's stressful and then you repeat that mantra, God's power through me for God's glory, God's power through me for God's glory, God's power through me. Yes, how may I help you? <laughs> or it just, it, you're living according to the Lord's principles. You're not greedy. You're not selfish. You're not just trying to claw over everybody else to the top. And yet promotions seem to come your way. Or the favor of the, the hand of the Lord seems to be on you. Or your relationships, your marriage, your family seems to be healthy. And your friendships seem to be holy. 
And then people from the outside looking in go, what is it about you? Why always you? What do you eat, like four-leaf clovers for breakfast? <laughs> You're like a golden horseshoe crammed up your butt? What is it about you that seems like all these things just seem to come together for you and I'm always fighting and wrestling and trying so hard and I can't seem to get it together? And it's in that moment we have the choice to give God the glory. And we say, I'm, I just live according to the principles of the Bible and I live my life for the Lord and it's just as simple as that. God's power through me for God's glory. And that is the nature of it. So people look at you and they, and they start to equate your life and the favor of the Lord and his hand on you with the God from whom all blessings flow. And then they start to turn their gaze upward and they themselves begin to look at the God from whom all blessings flow. Because when we give God the glory, it's the very nature of the gospel and essence of it. Power of Christ. God's glory through us. So what are some ways that we can fan that flame? In worship. On your outline, you've got some fill in the blanks there. That first one is worship that is meaningful to you and God. When we gather here on a Sunday morning, you know, we're playing some rock music and singing and stuff. That is our opportunity to worship the Lord from our hearts, to give Him praise and glory, to sing out loud to Him and demonstrate on the outside what is going on in the inside. When we raise our hands and we celebrate and we shout it out to the Lord, that's what's going on on the inside, and we give it up to the Lord on the outside. It's not just about playing a cool style of music. It's about putting our prayers to music. When we sing these worship songs, it's, it's prayers put to music. Music is just a canvas on which we paint our prayers. The music is what are the rocket boosters for the lyrics, which are the prayers of the music. Do you hear what I'm saying? We come together and we just have an extended time of prayer and praise and worship, giving God the glory. Bob Kilpatrick was here at the beginning of July, and I loved what he said. He said, the music, we all have brain static, and the music takes up that part of our brain that just is full of brain static. Laundry list of things to do, what's going on at work, or maybe I just can't seem to focus, and praying for an extended period of time, I just, I just lose focus. But the music takes up the brain static so that I can lift my prayers to the Lord for an extended period of time. That's what worship is. Worship that is meaningful to you and to God. If we come together and we go, Oh, because of Jesus, I'm alive. It's all because of of Jesus Christ. How do you think the Lord responds to that? This is our opportunity to just sing it out and give him praise and give him glory because he's worth it. He's worth it. And the music is just loud enough so nobody has to hear you sing. (laughs) Prayer that takes risk. The next one is prayer that takes risk. How many of us pray prayers like, God, oh, just, you know my financial situation, and uh, if it's your will, Lord, just help me to, to get that, that, that promotion at work, but if you don't, I understand, amen. Where is the opportunity for God to move in that situation? Where is the chance where we lay it before, before God and we say, Lord, you know my financial situation, and you know what our margin is here, God, and I... I 
we just need your hand to move and to pour out into blessing in this situation. Demonstrate yourself powerful in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And allow the Lord the opportunity to move in your life in a way that you can see his hand. Somebody once said, had a conversation, he was like, well, aren't you going to be disappointed if it doesn't work? Whenever you run your prayers through the I don't want to be disappointed if it doesn't work filter, you're destroying the whole point of praying and acting and living in faith. As a matter of fact, when you pray in faith, even give yourself a period of time to walk in faith, and then at the end of that period of time, give yourself permission to be disappointed, and then repetition the Lord. But pray in a way where you're like, Lord, I believe you are going to act in this situation. And for the next two weeks, I'm going to walk and act like you are. Because that is praying in faith. That's praying a prayer that takes risk. And with the risk comes the power of God to intercede in that situation. And then when God intercedes in that situation and people go, wow, that really turned out and I didn't see that coming at all. You have the opportunity then to give glory to God. God's power through me for God's glory. Pray prayers that take risk. Study the Bible to learn God's ways. Fairly remedial, but it's the truth. When you are studying the word, you begin to see the character and the nature of God played out in humanity as as the story unfolds, and then it draws us in line with understanding the heart of God, and then being able to pray prayers where we trust God because we've seen him move, and then we're able to worship him in a way that that gives him glory because we know that God is powerful. Studying the, the word of God is of utmost importance in knowing the heart and nature of the Lord. The Bible, this is God's story. It's not the story of David. It's not the story of Noah or or Jonah, it's not even the story of Paul or Timothy. It's the story of God and how we all get to interact with him and what he's doing. And when we learn about the way that he works in this world and the actions and interactions with this world, it empowers us to know his character and his faith. Take steps of faith that require God's involvement. Take, te- take steps of faith that require God's involvement. When the Lord is calling you out in faith, and you're, you have that moment of like, this is crazy. <laughs> That's where you begin to see God align your paths before you. Scripture tells us that God goes before us like a conquering king. He is a light unto our path. And when God is calling us out that way, and we take steps of faith that require him to move on our behalf, then we get to see him working in a situation and aligning the steps and putting things together way beyond or outside of our control. He's working on the back end in the areas that we don't see. He's adjusting hearts. He's changing minds. He's working through the heart of somebody on the other end of of some call center who's typing numbers into a computer that are going to affect your future. He's the one who has the opportunity to minister in a way that goes beyond our influence. And when we put our trust in him, we know that he is faithful. Allison and I had the opportunity to buy a house last year. This is an incredible story. First service didn't get to hear it. You guys do, so you're awesome. (laughs) That's right. Um, 
we, we had buying this house, of course, interest rates are all time low. We get an email from our loan officer who was a Christian and, of course, knew I was a Christian. And we had gone back and forth about how great God is and how great church is and how much we love the Lord. Um, she emails us and says that your interest rate is going to be 4.25%. And we're like, that's awesome. That's really low. Praise the Lord for that. 30-year fix. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. We're sitting in our community group right around the time at the end of the group when we, get, when we pass around yay God stories and prayer requests and praises, and we get a little buzz on the, on the BlackBerry, open up the email, and it's our loan officer saying, you guys are blessed. I saw the interest rate go down, so I didn't submit your loan that day that I said I did. I wanted to watch it go down. I've locked you in at 3.825%. Not only that, the whole office is buzzing about how blessed you guys are. Praise God. That, That is the power of God to work in a situation beyond you and beyond your control. When you bathe things in prayer, when you align your steps with the Lord, when you follow Him, He aligns your steps. He works with people outside of your control, people you'll never meet to do incredible, amazing things that you can then praise God for and give him the glory for. And you've got to take those steps knowing that, that he's put his power in you for his glory and to live that way. I hope, okay, I'm talking about money, but I hope that you get it because Americans, when, when we hear dollar signs, we go, what? <laughs> it gets our attention. And God wants to work in your life. He wants to inspire you to a ministry. He wants to fill your life with vision. He wants to give you power and authority to make a difference in your community. And he wants to work in that way through you for his glory. Because me standing here talking about it is not going to be nearly a fraction as powerful as 500 of you out there in your workplace doing it. And then God will get so much more glory and people will begin to cast their gaze upward and put their faith and trust in him. The book of Acts chapter one, verse eight. Check out these words. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And as you follow the book of Acts, Pastor Ken in a few weeks is going to start preaching a series on the book of Acts, and we're going to see these stories unfold where the the apostles will stand up and they will preach the word and the word will be accompanied with miracles and people will put their faith in God because they know that God has the power to overcome. That is the nature of the gospel, to experience the power of God and to make his power evident and alive and visceral and real in the world around us. So let's all bow our heads and pray together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.